For Thursday, February 24th, the 55th day of 2022, there are 310 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app, using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know coming up today we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community the county the commonwealth and the country we'll slow going today because of some uh, odd weather conditions uh, last night and into the morning we'll tell you about that russia invades ukraine we'll talk about that and josh horton the public health director of the grayson county uh, health department will join us we'll be talking about the community health survey and some other great things. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In The No. He is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sow nominee, covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Paris, and even Morgantown. He's Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. I don't have to go to Morgantown tonight. Don't put that evil on me. <laughs> uh, we got out of going there tonight, but you I would imagine... I wish I was going there tonight, because I would have been the Lady Cougars would have picked up a big win on Monday. I but. would imagine you're already focused on going tomorrow. Yes. I, trying to, like... it's it's. I know it's happening. Yes. But uh, I'm trying just to say that I'm getting ready to with for the Cougars District Championship That's game. right. You're preparing for the game, uh-huh. no matter where the I game just don't is. Wanna, I, you I don't want to think about... Morgantown, though. No. Okay. Yeah, that's like uh, nightmarish. <laughs> two hour. To, they have to. They have to. Uh, they have to carry data out of there in buckets, don't they? It's, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's it's hard for a broadcaster. In, yes. uh, in and that just area. just trust us in saying we we're aware and we try our best to get you your video. It, it, it's about like you having to go to Cloverport in the old days. You couldn't get a cell phone signal out of there. Yeah, I haven't been to Cloverport yet. Uh, two so. hour lucky you. Two hour delay today for the Grayson County Schools. And um, when you have a two hour delay, if you're the parent of uh, a school a student. And where you normally would go to school about 7.30, you, that means you go to school about 9.30, which means mama has to drop off baby at school today. So it's uh, Sam and I singing a duet today, but uh, I think we've, I think we've, I think we've got it. i uh, got plenty to cover on the show today. So uh, Beach will be back uh, tomorrow. A, uh, S- Sam, you're more likely to have a bad hair day than I am. Yeah, a my, little bit more hair, yeah. My hair days are all the same now. They mm-hmm. really don't. Um, there might be some micro difference, you know, from day to day in my hair, but I don't necessarily have a good hair day, though. Well, I mean, so, but but y- it's you, just they're all the same. Your spectrum is wider. Is yeah. my point. You yeah. could go way yeah. to one Average side or way to, to the other. To uh oh, right. Uh, so this toddler, he is um, he's sixteen months old, and he has what is being described as uncombable hair syndrome. So if you know you take a balloon mm-hmm. and you rub it over someone's head, you know, over their hair, uh-huh. and create static electricity, and then you pull the balloon away. Yeah, it's, it's like that thing that you see at the science museums that you put your hands on the ball and your yes. hair, hair stands up like crazy. That's right. 
if you're watching, you're seeing an adorable 16-month-old boy mm-hmm. uh, with this blonde, but you can tell it's kind of coarse. It's kind of wiry, but it's sticking straight out as if he were touching that electric ball is, making his hair stand out. Is it Bon Jovi that had the hair like that a little bit? Um, or who am I thinking of? Uh, Billy Idol, Billy, I think, had yes, a lot of, to, okay. had that, had uh-huh. that look. Yeah, it's like the... But would you believe so? This is, this is actually something called uncombable hair syndrome. So they can comb it, but it will go back to looking exactly like that. But would you believe, furthermore, that this young baby was born with black hair that laid straight? So this is something that developed really? after utero. Interesting. But here he is. He looks like it's not exactly like a porcupine, but. One of those uh, Brillo brushes that you, or one of those really coarse uh, brushes that you use to scrub things, it kind of looks like the bristles of one of those brushes. So, But the parents say it brings smiles to people's faces. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he's 16 months old, so he would, but imagine when he's 16 and he has this, or when he's 25 and walking around with this, he's going to, it'll bring some smiles, but I think those smiles will turn into... I think when he gets to college, it'll soon learn that it's no longer fun. You think he's just going to go, Mr. Clean? You think he's just going to buzz it all off? I mean, that's potential. Might as well. Last night, uh, weather-wise, you know, we spent most of the day saying all that winter precipitation is going to be off to the north of us. And it primarily was, but we had a weird condition last night where we had enough freezing. Freezing, so if you don't know know, what's the difference between uh, ice and sleet and freezing rain, last night was freezing rain. So it came down as rain, and as soon as it hit a surface, then it turned into this coating. And that's what you had on your patio table, your chairs, or your railings, or your car, but not so much on the roads. And so the road surface was warm enough that it really didn't impact anything. But if you went on to grab onto something, Sam, I'll presume your uh, car, the the handle on your car door was a little slippery this morning when you you probably yeah. had to thaw out for my, a few minutes. My steps to get out. My usually me and my steps when it is icy have a little war, and I won the war today. Ah, Usually good. they that's win. Good. Usually it wins and it ends up with me tumbling down down yeah. the steps. Yeah. Well, today you're the you're the, the victor, winner. and to the yeah, victor goes, the, to start the, start goes the, the spoils. But then uh, then the temperature was really supposed to warm through the night, and did, but only marginally. And I think when I woke, uh, temperature gauge I was looking at still said it was 30, but it was supposed to get 32 or 34 overnight in these hours because we're warming into a wet, soggy day. So we'll see a heavy amount of rain, or at least that's in the forecast throughout the day today. But by the time we get to late tonight, maybe in the wee hours of the overnight, the precipitation will move out, and that will give way to a about a week, almost um you know, eight days, nine days of really dry, drier conditions, and they'll be mild temperature-wise. So the weekend looks nice, and then into next week looks nice with uh, highs in the 50s, even 59 for Wednesday, which will, by the way, go ahead uh, and tell you this time next week, we will, uh, well, actually, a week a week from yesterday, we will have our tornado drill, uh, the Kentucky tornado drill, to test sirens and make sure we're ready for the spring weather season. So we will see a high of 41 today. We'll see rain may finish off as a flurry or two tonight as the precipitation moves out. An overnight low of 34. And then we'll see a little chance of a shower tomorrow, but a high of of 40. And then dry for the next several days. Russia. Uh, The world is considering, the world is labeling what Russia has done in Ukraine as an attack because he has uh, moved in, uh, he being Putin, but he called it some type of uh, specialized military operation. Well, that's just that. That's just uh, a fancy label for moving into Ukraine. And last night, you were seeing in Kiev, you were seeing explosions and bullets were flying in uh, at least a couple of Ukrainian cities. And so here it is: the thing that we've been worrying about, or the thing that we've been talking about and ramping up to. And for the last weeks, um, has uh, has begun, and so now we will see what happens. Um, most of the people that you talk about now think that Putin doesn't. Say, he doesn't think that uh, Ukraine will be it. That once uh, once they take Ukraine, then they will uh, set sight on 
Latvia and some of those NATO-based countries that if they cross into that, then we got big problems. I mean, we got big, huge problems because all of a sudden we're we're talking about World War Type Three, uh, World War Three type stuff. But um, I don't know what to expect. You know, this this is a war that's uh, it's a battle that's going to be fought on so many fronts, not just with bullets and weaponry, but with cyber attacks and things of that nature. So. Uh, just kind of keep an eye on things and I'm just glad do the best that I'm, you can. I'm not having to decide what to do on, like, the American front or what, because I'm not sure what, like, being a military leader right now or anything, I don't know what you do. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, we had four years of a guy that you kind of knew what he was going to do, and, and I guess in some ways you could make a case that said some of some of what we did in those four years may be uh, the saber rattling that the Trump administration and the Putins had launched. These things didn't happen in three months. Like Putin didn't just decide three months ago, know what I'm going to start doing. This is part of a longer game, but I don't know where the origins were. And then you got the connection to China. And then if, if China were to take Taiwan and then the Japanese. Were, so the, my point is, is that this could be the, the this could be the domino. Like this move into Ukraine may be the domino that sets into motion a sequence of other events that are, aren't in places other than just Ukraine. And, I mean, we we launched a – we had a world war that was launched just through the single death of Franz Ferdinand. So don't – right? right? We, world wars have started for far less than what is happening in Ukraine today. So we need to be uh, aware and prepared. Still – uh, some not much information, but state police continue to lead the investigation into the violent, deadly home invasion in Madison County that resulted in the murder of a, a young lawyer, 32-year-old Jordan Morgan, who is the daughter of former state representative C. Wesley Morgan, uh, died in the home invasion situation that happened on Tuesday, or early Tuesday morning. She, as I said earlier in the week, I think, I guess I said it yesterday, um, uh, yeah, yesterday's when we were talking about it. She had worked in the Bevin administration and then just recently started working for a law firm in Lexington. So they don't quite know exactly what led to this home invasion, who was involved. They don't, there have been no arrests. I can't say that they don't have suspects. I just know that there haven't been any arrests. I, what I would imagine is you don't have a multi million dollar home without having some level of security surveillance. So I don't know if I can't that... imagine if you have a bomb shelter in yeah, your house. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that's even more the because mm-hmm. I mean I saw the pictures. I was looking at that. It's it's something. But isn't it weird the number of people that don't have bomb shelters or fortified areas that don't become targets of home invasion, but a one but one that does does become the tar- and so I don't know what the motive was. I don't know. I don't know if she was and and I don't know of a better term. I don't know if she was a target or if she was collateral in some some other purpose that these people broke into this uh, into this home and. And you said the good. It's really more of a fortress than mm-hmm. it is just a home. So just a lot of uh, a lot of question. Uh, all right, quick recap of some things happening in Frankfurt this week. A proposed constitutional amendment would give cities and counties more options to be able to increase revenue. Was among the legislation approved by the House yesterday. Uh, House bills four seven five and four seven six are sponsored by uh, Michael Meredith from down in Edmondson County. And he would uh, his bills would give local governments the power to issue such taxes, license fees, and franchise fees that are not in conflict with the Constitution. Any local sales tax or general use or tax use tax the General Assembly authorizes a county, city, town, or other municipal corporation to impose shall apply to the same base and shall be administered in the same manner as any state sales tax or use tax. So one of his quotes in uh, explaining the bill. He said, if we want to move away from our over-reliance on taxing productivity, passing this constitutional amendment is necessary. So what does that mean? Taxing productivity. That's payroll taxes. So your your tax is saying instead of instead of taxing people on their payroll, we're going to authorize cities and counties to pass a one percent sales tax or a half a percent sales tax or change the taxation model that they're on so you'll have to decide whether you're in favor of that type of model or not um that um i would need to like see the math 
Yeah. Well, and the one good thing about this, because of the way, um, because we're a constitutional amendment state, that the voters get to decide mm-hmm. uh, on this. You know, now, as a constitutional it, amendment, it has to be put on a ballot. When they put it on the ballot, though, can they, like, shorten it down to, like, two or three sentences? Because remember s- that last year that oh, there was yeah. the one that was, like, a page and a half? Marcy's Law. Oh, and it was you like want, no one understood what it meant. You want uh, you want the Sesame Street version. Yeah, yeah explain the, it to me like I'm five. I got it. Uh, provisions include removing uh, this. Another piece of legislation was House Bill 414 dealing with public safety personnel. Provisions include removing the requirement that an applicant must be younger than 46, making it easier to bring back retired police officers and firefighters. For what? What is this for? For public safety personnel, oh. uh, EMTs. And okay. I didn't I didn't know there were – there There must be some age limits on some positions and not on others. So I don't know exactly how uh, the do's and don'ts of that. But one thing that did stand out to me, so right now you've got a 40-hour work week like there's some limits on 40-hour work week for public safety personnel or some forms of public safety personnel, this changes it to 80 hours over a two-week period, which because a lot of uh, public safety, so firefighters, for example, they work 24s, you know, in your your firehouses in Lexington, Louisville, in your larger cities, they work 24s, and so they would get to 48 very quickly in a week, but they say so long as there's adequate time off before and after a stretch, it just has to be no more than 80 over a two-week period. So I don't – I guess that's okay. Um, Somebody – somebody better than – somebody who knows more than I do are responsible for – Source, uh, you know, for figuring that out. The Kentucky Senate signaled yesterday that it's time for an aluminum company to follow through on its long stalled promise to build a massive plant backed by a state investment. A bill that won Senate passage would set in motion efforts to recover the state's $15 million investment in the project. The 35 to 0 vote sends the measure to the House. The legislation ramps up pressure on Unity Aluminum, formerly known as Brady Industries, to deliver on its five-year-old promise to build the aluminum rolling mill near Ashland in northeastern Kentucky. They just keep tightening the screws on this a little bit. You know, most of the session they've been saying, hey, we're going to have to do something about this. It's it's turned into a, a big problem. Um, as a taxpayer, yes, I definitely, I, I definitely want uh, our money, our investment back. But in the old adage of elections have consequences, good ones and bad ones, I, as a capitalist, I look back and say any investor in anything needs to be very careful about where they invest their money. If I took $15 million, if I had $15 million, and I took it and I invested it in something, but as it turns out, I got swindled, there aren't any protections for good old Mark to say, sorry, here's your $15 million back. So there's a there's a disconnect between what I might like as a taxpayer and what I what my principles are as a capitalist. Fifteen million dollars is a large amount of money, but really not so much to the state of Kentucky. At the very least, it needs to be a lesson that says, do your research. We might want to take a third look at this in the in the future. But the leadership in the state of that area still maintains they want an aluminum plant. Right, that's what they invested in was an aluminum plant to spur economic growth in the region. But for whatever reason, they haven't been able to get that accomplished, and they need to just keep, you know, just just keep on, keep on, keep on. Uh, Kentucky lawmakers have advanced a bill to limit bail organizations. This has been in the works for a while, but because of the uh, the one hundred thousand dollar bail being paid to for Quintez Brown who was is accused of attempting i guess assassination of a mayoral candidate is i mean really it's right if you're a mayoral candidate i guess you cross over into the level of assassination the fact that he was bailed out for something so violent within 48 hours or maybe even within 24 hours uh that got the attention of people and so there is an organization called i've got the name of it here somewhere and i've got to make sure uh, i'll get to it in a minute it's the Louisville Community Bail Fund. So they they put up their $100,000 and said, okay, we're going to get him out. He's an activist. We like him, whatever. So the reason that bail needs to be reformed is because in the old days, you said, 
you'll have to come up with $100,000 and either you or your family or someone would have to put up your home, your property, your whatever. But in the crowdfunding world that we live in now, you can raise $100,000 in a matter of minutes. You just got to find 100,000 Americans who will contribute a dollar each to this fund. He gets out. If he, if he doesn't return and he's a flight risk, you just got 100,000 people that lost a dollar each. Nobody's it's like big deal. I throw dollars on the ground all the time, you know, or the equivalent of. So they're trying to change. You, you've got to reform this because there's got to be a risk versus reward incentive. Yes, you can get out, but you've, you've got to shove enough chips out there on the table that if you don't come back when it's time for your trial, you're going to suffer some additional or your family will suffer some additional consequences. I, so that like, needs to be shored up. I'd like to see the other, just to play the other side of it, just curious on What's the percentage of people that this actually helped, though? You know, like, because there are people that, you know, have bails and they can get out and mm-hmm. start creating their cases and everything. And I, I don't know. I just would need to see, like, hear both arguments before I'd really. There's some make really strong- nice stories, uh, that, some very educational stories that I've seen on 60 Minutes over the last few years about bail reform in Cook County that because you, you, I, I won't, I won't. They're lower-level offenses, but people get incarcerated on a drug charge. But because they can't get bailed out, right? They don't have they don't have the backing of someone. They lose the job they were barely holding on to to begin with, and so it just, it compounds matters the other direction. But it also can't be that it also can't be that easy that for a violent crime like the assassination or the attempted murder of a for better lack of a better term political rival. Then there's got to be, you know, something else. Hey, a, uh, at K105.com, you can read a really neat story about an inmate in uh, Graves County who uh, showed some heroic behavior in the tornadoes in December. It's a really good story. And um, kind of interesting that uh, he was uh, given a, an award earlier this week. It's neat. Um, then there is also a uh, lengthy story. Sam, you must have put a lot of time in on your Hunter Tom story. That you can also read at K105.com. Hunter is going to play football at, uh, I like to call it Linky Winky Tech. Lindsey Wilson. Other yeah, people call it Lindsey Wilson College. Yeah, he's a good kid. Really was re- really happy to see that. And now the Cougars have had two signees this year, three last year, one the year before that. So Cougar football turning into a college pipeline. I like to Ooh, like to see yeah, that. I like to see that. But too. now, now as I was talking with Coach Jones yesterday, you've got three at Campbellsville and now one at Lindsey Wilson, and they're rivals. Mm. So you got a little mm. little in house yeah. rivalry brewing there. And then BBN say it with say it with me. It's all together at the same time. How about Bryce? <laughs> right, <laughs> Bryce Hopkins played really well last night. But as you tweeted, Sam, this team without Davion Men the last couple of years. This this team is in a big world of hurt. So, Cats got to come from behind win last night. Last two minutes was very ugly, but the win counts. In, in three years, all we'll remember is it was a win. <laughs> That's right. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. That's when you need someone Someone that you You can call. Today is tortilla chip day. I don't know if you know this or not, but tortilla chips are not a natural occurring phenomenon. They were invented in the 1940s in Los Angeles. I love tortilla chips. Yeah, they're good. So rather than leftover tortillas being thrown out, Mm -hmm. someone decided to cut them into triangles and throw them into the fryer and serve them and sold them in bags, and now we have tortilla chips. Guacamole. Santitas to you. I just got to tell you. Trading card day today. Two bucks for a whole bunch of those. And they're good. They're good. good. I got a bag of those sitting on my (laughs) counter right now. Trading card day today, and it's chilly day today, observed annually on the last Thursday of February. I saw so, uh, Skyline was blowing it up, blowing up my email this morning. I, um, yeah, today is uh, today is kind of a chilly day, so it's uh, it's not, in uh, more ways than one. Not too bad. We want to say good morning and welcome to uh, Josh Horton, or welcome back to Josh Horton. He is the public health director of the Grayson County Health Department. Good morning, Josh. 
Good morning, man. Today's a, like a really important day, tortilla day and chili day. <laughs> so you, you got to combine the two. I, I'm not beyond. I'm not beyond using tortilla chips to dip some chili. So I just that's let what you know. I was thinking. I'm like, you can join the two. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a perfect and, way. And look to, at your trading cards to do while that. You do it. Hey, we're sorry you couldn't make it in this morning. I know it's kind of been weird weather wise today. So, but uh, happy to to be able to connect with you on the phone. I have not talked to you. Since uh, a couple of weeks ago, you did some reporting changes on the way that uh, COVID-19 numbers were being reported, and it really had a lot to do with the home tests. I explained it a couple of weeks ago, but this is your opportunity. You made the change. Why? Well, it just it doesn't make sense um, because people that take the home test, if they're not necessarily reporting a positive, which we know that a lot of that happens, then the data that you had is not as reliable. So we decided that, you know, since there are other methods now for people to test and, you know, we're not getting all those uh, official test results necessarily, that it would be best just to I – did, I did do a general update and letting people know this week, you know, what direction we were going we're just not releasing any specific numbers. I think it causes more confusion than good. Yeah, so, uh, the way I described it, Josh, was the number the number is only good if you have confidence in it, and once you lose confidence in it, why bother? Exactly. I'm not going to put anything out there that I just I feel like is is not 100 that I can be 100 percent confident in. So. That's a good way to put it. One of the things I did notice yesterday was, fingers crossed, but it looks like there is a chance we could go under 10% positivity in the state of Kentucky sometime today. Are you hopeful of that? I am. I think we're going in that direction. I'm hopeful that we will con- continue to see a decline, um, you know, because we, we know that Omicron, the variant, is, is, is you know, it's on the decrease. But and, and also with the pattern of the virus, as we go into spring, you think back to last year, typically, you know, what we've seen in patterns as well. You know, we decreased around this time. So we'll see if that's something that happens. People do travel during spring break. So it just depends on whether or not we get a new variant. There is a variant of Omicron, unfortunately, that they're, they're, they said that they're watching closely. But as of right now, they're telling us not to be too concerned. So we'll wait and see. Is this, a com- is this an intersection of endemic status meet seasonal status, which is kind of helping the bottom fall out of some of these numbers and lower them, or is it just all seasonal? I think we're going to, we, we can be cautiously optimistic um, that, you know, we've turned the corner several times with this virus, but we just come right back around to the same place. Um, hopefully this time we've turned a corner and we can see a difference. I do think we are closer to an endemic than we've ever been if we're not in one. Um, I think we'll know specifically, Mark, as we go into spring, and if we, especially around June or July, we don't see that in the summer months, we don't see that huge upswing like we've had in the last two years, I think that'll be a significant sign that, that we have turned a different corner in this virus. Have, as a healthcare professional, I would imagine, you know, there, there are times you talk with us, there are times that you, uh, you're at a podium somewhere delivering information, you're talking one-on-one with people who have inquiries, but there have to be hours of your day where you sit at your desk and you look at data or, or you look at the world and kind of scratch your head like, what's going on here? And the reason I ask it that way is when you see the rate in which mask mandates and restrictions and regulations and suggestions have just changed dramatically in the last two weeks. Are you scratching your head or does this all make sense? I think that, and we've talked about this, you know, before about people being fatigued and tired. I think that there's a lot of political pressure, um, not necessarily on public health officials, but on politicians who, who are governors and, you know, elected officials who feel like they need to pull back some of these mandates and give people a chance to uh, fill a little bit of wiggle room and breathe a sigh of relief. Will they? Will, the, will there be recommendations that come back? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on what the virus does. Um, but I think, it, I think there's definitely just a feeling that people are over this. Hopefully the virus is moving in that direction too. Um, but like I said, we'll have to wait and see. And I really think the summer month will be the tell-all. If we have a similar July, like we've had in the last two years where we see a huge upswing. The kids go back to school. They struggle to stay in school. That's going to be concerning. Um, but if we have uh, a new corner, 
we've turned a new corner and we see a, you know, at least not an elevated uh, census cases, then I think we're in a good position. So I think that people are just over it. I hope the virus is over it too. Yeah, I hope we can. I hope we can mutually agree to a separation. The community yep. and the virus, and say it's it's not been nice knowing you. Go on your direction; we'll go on our direction. Uh, that's exactly. really not the reason that you wanted to stop by today. Um, you you just simply said to me, "I'd love to talk about the community health survey," and I'm sort of flying blind on it. So, how do you want to talk about it? I know, and I apologize. I thought <laughs> I should have sent you a copy of that. That's all right. Um, you were on my list, but basically, the community impact report we've. Uh, I, you know, I took the job in 19. We, we submitted to the community the first community impact report in 2020, and it was a very humble way. It was on a Word document pretty much just to kind of measure the impact that the health department has. Um, the health department does receive tax money, um, so uh, out of your tax dollars. And I think it's important that we show people what all we're doing, um, and you show uh, the community that, you know, that they're getting an exchange value for their money. So that's exactly what the community impact report is, is to do that and then also to show and remind people just the services. Uh, I think a lot of people still go throughout their days. They don't really have um, a clear understanding of what public health does. Um, and I think we're, we're not um, obsolete to that or we're not out of that category. I think we struggle in Grayson County as well understanding what all the health department does. So 2020, 2020, I believe, was when we released the 2019. I think I got that backwards. That's correct. We did not release one in 2020 because we were so swamped with COVID. So we took a year off, did the 2021, and I was pretty uh, shocked, Mark, to see all all the services and programs that we were able to offer, even in the midst of a pandemic. So let me just, if I can have your ear just for a second. Sure. Um, uh, You know, as far as our vaccination rates, now this includes all the vaccines from, you know, adult immunizations, pediatric immunizations, COVID shots. Um, flu, you know, in, in 2021, this health department vaccinated over 10,000 people. Um, and, you know, that's pretty significant. Uh, the population of Grayson County is like 26,000. So that's a good fraction of the population. Um, on top of that, you know, our other clinical services didn't stop. We still did a TB screening. We still did STD treatments testing. Um, we still did WIC. We had a lot of WIC um, appointments that well over I believe around 2,800. Uh, and then COVID testing alone, we did 2,500 free tests in the community. Uh, and that's just one bucket. That's just one service that the health department offers. That doesn't include environmental services, which in 2021, you know, we had that where people's values of their property went up. And we had a, a building boom pretty much. So we had a bigger demand for permits and things. 245 permits issued by this department and 273 site evaluations in 2021 alone. Um, as far as restaurant inspections and everything, 1,800. 1,800 airstone inspections, hotels, mobile home parks, tattoo studios, schools, public pools, public swimming places. So these are just some of the um, services. And one more, hands. Um, 70 active families, 115 families enrolled. They did uh, 204 child-proofing checklists done, 280 family ghost set, 86 home inventories. They did a depression screening, domestic violence screening. So altogether, we're, we're terming all this acts of service, 3,800 acts of service in 2021 alone that one service did. Wow. So, yeah, really just trying to show the community and to sum it up and put a bow on it. There's also um, an impact with our, our local economy. You know, as far as the salaries that the health department pays into our local economy is almost $800,000 in one year. So you factor all that in, it, it really shows the value of the local health department. And so, uh, you know, if anyone has any more questions about that, they can actually go to our website, myhealthdepartment.org forward slash impact. And it has everything laid out that you can see right there. One of the things that I noticed as you were going through the the uh, you know the list of services and the amount of you know touches and connections that you've had with various people in various ways is it's kind of funny the word health. It's a you know it's a very succinct, direct, monosyllabic word, but it's a huge umbrella over your life because it touches you in so many different ways and at so many different seasons and chapters of life. Exactly, and uh, you know, it, me growing up, well, you the, the majority of us 
we we probably only experienced public health in the, in the sense of you got your immunizations there, your childhood immunization, um, or you might get your flu shot, and that that's about it. Um, this is something you know this this pandemic we we've, we've been going through has really reopened um, this not really reopened has highlighted rehighlighted the services um, that health health departments do. And one of those things is, is is disease prevention and disease management, and that was never so clear as it has been with COVID. So I hope everybody understands more based on this report what all the health department does because it is vital to any healthy com- community. We talked about how the COVID nineteen pandemic was a very and has been a very confusing and cloudy season. But it's also been very revealing in certain areas, and there's been some clarity offered. Are you are you seeing additional clarity now on the backside of this and with the new data that you have? I'm hoping people understand. Unfortunately, if you go back and you look years and years, health departments have unfortunately been on the um, – always been on the chopping block for budget cuts. And we were painfully aware of that, Mark, when, you know, not just health departments, healthcare in general, when we were trying to track these variants down and people were wanting us to tell them, you know, which, which variants are more prevalent. We didn't have the technology to be able to do that. There are a lot of other issues with, within our health departments as far as aging equipment and things that need to be replaced. For instance, if you go to a, a doctor's office and have something done, you probably notice that your doctor uses an iPad or is able to type in your information into your uh, digital chart versus paper. Well, most of the health departments throughout the state are still on paper charts. So we have a long way to go. So I'm hoping that, that, that what's been revived or understood is that public health is worth the investment. And um, especially people in, our, in the political realm um, who, who have the ability to make those decisions understand that, you know, going forward as we come out of this pandemic, it's still important um, now more than ever to make sure that we're keeping public health up financially and that we're budgeting correctly, and public health is not always on the um, the front line to get a budget cut. So I'm hoping that's been that understanding has been revived. Hey, thanks for the information and the stop by as always. Pleasure to connect with you, get some good information. Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That's Josh Horton. He is the public health director of the Grayson County Health Department. Good information there. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. Did you know cabbage was once considered an aphrodisiac? Uh, I did not know that until I read it this morning. I would have presumed it was the opposite. Really, though? I mean, I don't... Like, you were talking about, like, cooked cabbage... Like last week, weren't you? Yes, I was. I'll I talk about it. it most weeks because it's nasty. I don't mind it. Cooked cabbage. I don't. Pungent. I don't, don't, no don't particularly care for raw cabbage. Mm, yeah, I'll put it in some slaw. Like coleslaw? I'll slaw. pass. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass. Okay. Well, then we can trade. Somebody yes. gives me cooked cabbage. Yeah, like I'll corn, say send that over to Corn beef and some, some cabbage? No, thanks. I'll it's have the, the corn beef, but I don't want that. Just, I'll, have, I'll have potatoes with my corn beef. I don't need the... Oh, you got a potatoes and cabbage in there as well. Well, then I'll just bypass the cabbage. Hey, congratulations to fellow Kentuckian, Oscar winner, actress Jennifer Lawrence. She has welcomed her first child. She gave birth in Los Angeles, uh, but really don't know any of the other details. Congratulations. So, um, because that was the craziest thing when those Hunger Games movies were out, is that the two leads were both from Kentucky. Oh, Josh Hopkins. Hutcherson. Hutcherson. Oh, the, yeah, because he's other, from, he's from my neck of the woods. Oh, he is. He's from up there. Uh, there's a new headline today that says, What Really Happened to Bob Saget? New details on his final hours. Uh, there's an interview in People Magazine that talked about how Bob Saget had checked into the hotel there in Orlando. People who had asked about selfies, he was overeager. He would go and grab the phone the, himself. He was cutting up with people just being, you know, just being entertainer. And then and nothing seemed out of the ordinary then for such tragedy to strike. So the um, the medical examiner, the medical examiner's report said that there was trauma on, there was head trauma on both the back and eyes of Bob Saget, blunt force trauma, 
to the eyes and to the back of the head, which is quite the puzzler. The idea of him falling seems to be, you know, probable. You go, okay, I got, uh, all right, I can see someone fell, they slipped, they fell, they whatever. But for it to be on both sides of your of your cranium, that seems that seems odd. So there have been some investigators that have pieced together a story and no official ruling yet, but they now believe that he did fall. Uh, there are no there are no blood traces on the marble flooring in the bathroom, but they do believe that he fell in the bathroom, and then was not he didn't die. He got he managed to get back to his feet long enough to get back into the bedroom portion of his suite there to where he fell again and took the trauma to the face. So they think that's that's a He's plausible like way stammering. because where he was found was in you know was after the second fall and so it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of difference but when you hear about the where the injuries were you think well how does that happen exactly but i am also uh it's remarkable to me how people can go in and figure those things out based upon you know the even the smallest amount of evidence ozark fans who are caught up and awaiting for the second portion of season four will be excited to know that season four part two of ozark will come to netflix april 29 there is a teaser available on youtube if you want to search for it just to uh, just uh, search ozark season four part two and you'll get to see what ruth and white and Marty and um, never seen Wendy. Him. Maybe I'll wait until that because that's the final season, right? Yes, that, that's maybe it, I'll yeah. wait until that comes out to actually go back and watch it. I like to, I just like to say when I think of Ozark, I just immediately start talking like Ruth. Mm-hmm. What? Well, I'm watching. I know that the what? new season of, of Space Force came out, so I'm rewatching season one, and I'm going to watch season two. It's not bad. Huh. Steve Carell and uh, yeah, oh, who's the other? Yeah, oh, I can't remember who his partner is. He's good. It's not bad. The Oscars have cut eight awards from their live show in an attempt to be, quote, more thrilling. Is that what it was? It's these eight awards that's holding them back from being thrilling. The awards for documentary short, film editing, makeup, hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound have all been. They don't show those on TV anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. You know they they're done before the they're done before the viewing audience starts. They might be there for the rest of the crowd, but those I think those shows are over. Tom Brady will produce and act in a road trip comedy called Eighties for Brady. You okay with this, Sam? I don't know. I mean, it, I I will probably not watch it. Not necessarily because I don't like Tom Brady. More just it's. Were you looking forward to a world with less Tom Brady or? More, more Tom Brady? I don't even or? know how to describe. It's just like I just don't think I'll care about this, okay. if that makes sense. Love Island is moving from CBS to Peacock with, quote, steamier two-season order. Oh, good. Can't wait. Uh, or is this something you all consume? No. Does she consume? I don't know if she did or not. Yeah, I think so. But um, here's the reason that I think she did watch Love Island this last season. I think this is right. Let me confirm this. It was right before there. There, this will be done in California. The previous one, I think, was in Hawaii, and I think there was a particular reason for the interest in that one back last summer. Aren't they going to call it like Love State then? I guess. Yeah, or? I don't know. Well, there, maybe it's Catalina Island. Maybe it's the uh-huh. Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> will Farrell going to be there? <laughs> They're going to Prestige Worldwide. Yeah. It's going to be the is going to be the main Singing entertainer. Opera. And then I know you've probably seen it. Um, if you haven't, you will. This TV reporter who um, got interrupted, the Columbus, Ohio TV reporter, whose mama drives up behind him while he's trying to do a stand-up hit on TV, is trying to record it, and she pulls up behind him, hey, baby, and all that. Mom, go on. You're blocking traffic and all. It's just <laughs> one of the sweetest things. They were on Good Morning America this uh, morning. So moms and sons, special bond. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way here on In the Know. MV's point to ponder for today. So there's a new contest, and Natural Light wants you to get a mullet, and they will pay you in beer 
which led me to ponder, isn't Natty Light the mullet of beers anyway? Yeah. Like, aren't they leaning PBR. into what we already knew, that Natty Light is the is the mullet of beer? Yeah, or PBR or something. I mean, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a consumer of Natty Light, so I, don't, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but it just seems very appropriate. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure most people that have mullets probably drink themselves quite a few Natty Lights. <laughs> I mean, I hate to paint I with mean, a broad brush, if, but I'm if, just saying if, if you the go shoe to, fits. If you go to a NASCAR race, <laughs> you're telling me that the person walking around with a mullet doesn't have a Natty Light in their right hand? <laughs> most likely. Most likely, yes. Uh, on television tonight, not a lot to report to you. Um, Law & Order, the season 21 premiere on NBC. Isn't the... They have a new. Isn't the guy from like Blackish or something going to be on it? Uh, yeah. I feel like I saw that yes. preview a yep. lot during Anthony the Super Bowl. An- Andy- Anthony Anderson returns as Detective Kevin Bernard. Oh, he's returning. And I think it was a. I think he did a guest role. Like okay. they were, mm-hmm. they were testing to see if he did well, and then so they're they're bringing him back. But yeah, twenty one years is a long time. Do you ever watch that? I have seen I haven't seen an episode in more than a decade, but there was a time when it was on in syndication. I might watch it, and it just you know the thing that the thing I love the most about Law and Order is that at Kroger Field, when the opposing team commits a penalty, they play the dong dong mm-hmm. like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. part of Law and Order. It's a good soundtrack. Dong dong. Today's. Highlight in history. By the way, tomorrow, Sam, you better be ready to be kind. That's what I heard. You better. Well, tomorrow you don't have to be so kind, but tomorrow is going to be our opportunity to set up our march well, to be kind. I'm going to need as much positivity in, in me because I, where oh, I, I have to end the night tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember we'll, where I have to go? We'll so pump I'm gonna you need up that. with yeah. kindness. I'm Matter of fact, just wear your t-shirt that says be kind. Miss Miss Ellie Cox will be here tomorrow, and she's going. She's got a big project that she's planned, and it's going to take place in the entire community. All right, it was originally geared at Wilkie, but we're going to use Wilkie as the template to create kindness to the entire community the month of March. I like it. And Ellie, she's a fourth grader at Wilkie. She's going to be here to tell us how we're going to do it. You got any hard hitting questions that you want to sharpen up for Ellie to? I don't know. Give I mean, her the 60 minutes treatment. I know we had her dad on a couple of months ago with me, but yeah. I yeah. don't know. Is he all right? I mean, considering where he comes from, I mean, it's... <laughs> well, and then you it don't... could be worse. I know more things now, too, about him that he shared on that day that you probably don't know more on his college basketball allegiance. Oh, no. I mean... Could this go poorly? It uh, It's a state to the north. Oh, I, I knew this. Okay. I knew this because... Yeah. Because it, it, when we, he said it, I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, wait, relevancy. Eh. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like you feel bad in a way. Today's highlight in history, this date in 1942, the SS Struma, a charter ship attempting to carry nearly 800 Jewish refugees from Romania to British-mandated Palestine, was torpedoed by a Soviet submarine in the Black Sea. See, Soviet's been problems for a long time. What year was that? 1942. In 1868, the U.S. House of Representatives impeached President Andrew Johnson by a vote of 126 to 47. Salt Lake City Olympics came to a close this date in 2002. Birthdays today. Rupert Holmes is 75 today. Pina colada to you. George Thorogood is 72. Bad to the bone. That means you drink your pina colada alone. (laughs) I like bad to the bone. It's a little... Yeah, it's it's a little because that's the one people think of most. I'm less likely to. Oh, it's a good song. I drink alone. One bourbon, one shot, one beer is Mm -hmm. a good song. Um, That's a good one. Although it's and it's never encouraged me to have those three. Mm -hmm. By the way, so it was not suggestive. Sammy Kershaw is 64. Billy Zane is 56. Who will forever, as far as I'm concerned, be known as the bad guy in Titanic? No matter what he does, otherwise, Billy Zane is a bad guy. Uh, former boxer Floyd Mayweather Jr. is 45 today, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. is 31. So that's Ice Cube Jr. Okay. Okay. I knew that name sounded familiar, but... And my sister Martha is celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday. I won't tell you how old she is, but if you want to find out and are good at math, she was born in 1974. 
So. <laughs> a lot of math right there. So that's that, oh, tell me how old she is without mm-hmm. telling me how old she is. Mm-hmm. They do that on Twitter a lot, don't now, they? Now, yesterday with your Uncle Hub's birthday, did you have to, like, send him a Go Dodgers text or something? Is that part of the rules? or? I don't know if I had to or not, but I didn't. You didn't? Mm-hmm. No. I didn't know if that was kind of your birthday present to him, that you'd, you'd give him that satisfaction. Mm-mm. No? No. Not doing it. Not going to it. Uh, 1786, Wilhelm Grimm, Grimm was born, uh, half of the brothers Grimm who wrote, uh, Rumpelstiltskin and Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Hannes Wagner, born in 1874, I'd like to have one of his baseball cards. Me too. Abe Vigoda, born in this day in 1921, he played Fish on Barty Miller and then they spun out off into a show called Fish. That's about it for Gone But Not Forgotten's. Let's see if we can find a chart topper today. Let's go to 1958. There's the kindness to my Uncle Hub. He loves the killer. He loves Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, that's a great song. Hey, Goose, you big stud. You came along and Do you know that's a Top Gun reference? Or are you too young for that? I goose, yeah, I know the the top. Do you know who says the line? Do you know the actress's name who says the line? Okay, I'm 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 not sure that I've ever actually seen the movie. Meg Ryan, 1967, The Supreme. Love is here, and now you're gone. My grandma never liked Tom Cruise, so I always kind of felt like I it was the pride of Mayo High School. She was never. I don't know why she never likes Tom Cruise, but I remember every single time she he'd pop on the screen. Or she loved David Letterman, but if Tom Cruise was going to be on David Letterman, she would not watch Is it because that. Because he's four and a half feet tall. It might be. It might be. I don't know. Nineteen seventy six, The Miracles, number one, The Love Machine. what they used to call me back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to 1985. REO Speedwagon. Can't fight this feeling. <laughs> I always thought it was funny because there's a guy in uh, REO Speedwagon named Kevin Cronin. But my good friend as a child, Kevin Krogan, and Cronin and Krogan were always so, you know, I would always say he was in REO Speedwagon. Ooh, 1994, Salt and Pepper with In Vogue, and what a man. I feel like I'm supposed to introduce James Spann right now when uh, this comes on. Uh, The one that got away, Katy Perry, number one in 2012. The Weekend Blinding Lights was number one in 2021. So there you go. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. What lies behind you and what lies ahead of you are tiny matters compared to what lives within you. What lies behind you and what lies ahead of you are tiny matters compared to what lives within you. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, I'm MB and now you're in the know.